Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I am so excited for today's episode. I am foreseeing the future that this is going to be one of our most popular ever. Uh, Today, we are going to be diving in to the ultimate guide to Samhain everybody's favorite festival in the wheel of the year. So Samhain is the Celtic precursor to our modern Halloween. And it is one of the most magical days of the year. It's such a wonderful time for discovering your inner witch, for practicing magic, for connecting with your intuition, connecting with spirit guides, all of the witchy things. So we're going to talk in this episode about the history and traditions of Samhain, the symbolism, what this festival represents. Uh, We're going to talk about the astrology of this festival, and we're going to talk about how this festival is connected to eclipse season in 2022 when I'm recording this, Um, although most of this episode will be relevant in an evergreen way, revisit it at any point in the future. Um, We're also going to talk about some different ways that that you can celebrate Samhain in your own real life and practice. So before we dive in with all of that, I want to invite you to take the free quiz on my website, uh, which ponders the question, what kind of witch are you? Uh, this is a great season, a great time of year to discover your inner witch if you are new to your magical practice um, or to recommit to your inner witch to reinvigorate and re-inspire your spiritual practice. Uh, so we've got the link for the quiz linked up in the show notes. It's just a fun thing definitely not to be taken too seriously, uh, but maybe it will serve as some fun inspiration for you on your practice this Samhain season. So let's get into what is Samhain all about. So Samhain, as I mentioned, is the Celtic precursor to Halloween. And a lot of our modern day secular Halloween traditions are rooted in Samhain traditions and even with spiritual significance. Um, It's also worth mentioning that Samhain also has this playful, fun, mischievous element as well. So however you prefer to celebrate this holiday, honestly, I think is in alignment. If it lights you up, if it makes you feel magical and witchy, uh, whether it's deeply spiritual, deeply intuitive, for the aesthetic, or just for fun, I think you're on the right track. So... The reason that we celebrate Samhain, the reason that Samhain is the most magical, witchiest day of the year, is because it's believed that on this day or around this season, the veil between worlds is at its thinnest. What that literally means, this is a phrase you'll hear people say a lot, that the veil is thinning. What that means is that the veil or the barrier between our world, the physical, tangible human world, and the spirit realm becomes thin 
so thin that spirits and messages can pass through into our world. Now, we can access our intuition, we can connect with our spirit guides, we can connect with our ancestors at any time of the year. Samhain is significant because of this time of year is when those messages and connections can be particularly potent. So this is a great time for opening up to connect with those energies. It's a great time for, um, you know, connecting with your intuition, whether for the first time or to, to strengthen that connection. Um, it's also a great time for doing any kind of magic or spell work. It's a great time for shadow work, for working with your ancestors, and we're going to get into all of these things. So some of the traditions that go along with Samhain mostly have to do with this idea of spirits literally passing into our world on this night, um, which of course in the Northern Hemisphere, we celebrate Samhain on Halloween on October 31st. Um, in the Southern Hemisphere, Samhain is celebrated on May 1st. Samhain and Beltane are natural opposites at opposite ends of the year. Now, we often talk about Samhain, the veil becoming thin, um, and spirits or ancestors coming into our world. Sometimes we talk about Beltane in the same way, um, but sometimes Beltane also has more of a focus on the fae realm and fae passing into our world. Um, so a little bit different perspective at different ends of the year, but really like two sides of the same coin. Um, now, some of the traditions that are, you know, typical of Samhain have to do with this idea, right, of spirits literally coming into our world and mingling among us on this magical night. So on the one hand, some of our Samhain traditions have to do with welcoming back our deceased loved ones or our ancestors, right? Receiving their guidance, receiving their wisdom, their love, sharing with them, honoring them. Um, on the other hand, some of our Samhain traditions have to do with perhaps more mischievous or even malevolent spirits passing into our world and protecting us from their ill intentions um, or embracing the mischief and allowing them to walk among us. Um, and so some of the things that we tend to do at Samhain or even the things we do at modern Halloween, like dress up in costume, the reason we do that is not just to, you know, dress up like a superhero. It's actually to allow the spirits to pass among us unnoticed, right? So that they can return to earth and have that experience. Um, it might also be to allow more mischievous spirits to walk among us and cause a little bit of mischief and havoc. Uh, so depending on your perspective, you know, you might celebrate Halloween and Samhain as two different festivals, one spiritual, one secular, or you might kind of intermingle them. Personally, I tend to intermingle them. Um, now, let's talk about the astrological significance of Samhain. Um, Samhain in the Northern Hemisphere always occurs during Scorpio season, when the sun is in Scorpio. And Scorpio is the sign of the scorpion. It's the archetype of the witch. Scorpio is about all things magical and mystical. It's about the underworld and the shadow self. Scorpio is unafraid of the darkness and loves to go deep. So Scorpio is completely aligned with all things witchy, right? Everything that is connected to 
delving into shadow work, connecting with our intuition, going into the darkness within, right? Going into the underworld. These are all Scorpio themes and all very, very witchy themes as well. So Scorpio and Samhain both kind of inherently represent the occult, represent magic, represent witchcraft. Um, Now, Samhain also always takes place within like two to three weeks of the new moon in Scorpio. The new moon always occurs when the sun and moon are in the same sign of the zodiac. Um, So Samhain always occurs when the sun is in Scorpio, when the moon joins it, we have the new moon in Scorpio. Um, It also always occurs within two to three weeks of the full moon in Taurus. Taurus and Scorpio are natural opposites. Beltane, at the opposite end of the year, takes place during Taurus season. Um, So Scorpio, Taurus, Beltane, Samhain, two sides of the same coins. Now, Taurus is all about life. Where Scorpio is about death, Taurus is about life. Where Scorpio is about harvest, Taurus is about blossoming, right? Spring, fall, life, death, right? Taurus is ruled by Venus. It is the archetype and the energy of the goddess. It's about pleasure and sensuality. It's about growth and beauty, right? Again, spring versus fall themes. Um, Now, in 2022, when I am recording this, the new moon in Scorpio and full moon in Taurus will actually be eclipses. Now, we have eclipses in two signs that are opposite every year, and we have them in the same signs for about 18 months. Uh, Now, currently, the eclipses are occurring in Taurus and Scorpio. Um, So this won't necessarily be relevant in the future if you're listening to this in a future year, uh, but it is really, really a powerful aspect of the 2022 Samhain season. So eclipses occur when the new and full moons take place within 13 degrees of the north or south node. Okay, the north and south nodes are points on the moon's orbit. Essentially, they are the eclipse points. Um, And the nodes are extremely karmic. They represent our collective purpose. They represent what we are focused on in this 18-month Uh, cycle or 18-month experience. And right now, we are immersed in these Taurus Scorpio, these goddess witch, life, death, spring, fall, karmic energies. So this is a really, really powerful year to be discovering your inner witch, to be claiming your inner witch, to be embracing all of these Taurus and Scorpio themes in your life. This is a beautiful year to be embracing shadow work, um, especially those of us who have Pluto in Scorpio, um, which Pluto is a generational planet. uh, So entire generations have Pluto in the same sign. Those of us who have Pluto in Scorpio, Uh, Pluto being at home in Scorpio um, and also having to do with these underworld themes, Uh, those of us who are in the Pluto in Scorpio generation, which is anyone born between about 1983 to 1995, uh, we are the generation that is really here to bring witchcraft into the mainstream. 
Um, and during this eclipse season, we are particularly shedding any final shadows and limiting beliefs um, around our ability to step into our power, to claim our inner witch, um, and to really be on this mission of bringing magic into daily life, into the mainstream. Um, so this 2022 Samhain eclipse season is a really deeply powerful one for all of the things that Samhain is always powerful for, intuition, spirit work, um, you know, banishing or spell work, honoring your ancestors, claiming your inner witch, um, but like times 10. So definitely, you know, I would work with not just Samhain as a particular day, not just October 31st, um, but throughout Scorpio season, throughout this entire very, very powerful, magical lunar cycle. Uh, the new moon in Scorpio, uh, solar eclipse will be a really powerful time for setting intentions around shadow work and around your witchcraft journey. And the full moon in Taurus, uh, lunar eclipse, will be a really powerful opportunity to connect with your intuition. I would expect some of the most intuitive messages, maybe really like prophetic or psychic dreams, um, anything like that. I would really expect to be coming through in a very tangible, very physical way um, around that full moon eclipse in Taurus. Uh, so even if you are listening to this in the future and it is no longer eclipse season during Samhain, you can still work with that full lunar cycle of the new moon in Scorpio, full moon in Taurus, and Samhain. Um, they are all together collectively this really beautiful energy, beautiful opportunity to work with the full spectrum of life and death right? As witches, we cannot be in just one, right? Uh, love and light, quote unquote, is not a healthy place to live all the time. We, we cannot be in that toxic positivity space where we're only focusing on the positive, um, where we're only focusing on pleasure and what makes us feel good. At the same time, we are not here to only experience pain. We are not here to be doing shadow work every moment of every day, to be constantly picking at our wounds, right? That, that's not what we're here to experience. We are here to experience love and light and pleasure. Um, and so we can never be too far to the extreme. Um, and so the new moon in Scorpio invites us to dig into the shadows and the darkness and the depth. And the full moon in Taurus asks, asks us to get back into our bodies to experience and receive pleasure, right? And Samhain kind of bridges that gap between the two. Um, okay, now let's talk about how you can actually celebrate Samhain in your real daily life. Uh, so as I mentioned, some of the, you know, totally fun, secular, mischievous Halloween celebrations can absolutely be a part of your Samhain celebration as well. If you want to dress up in costume, if you want to eat a bunch of candy, those, those are totally cool. Um, some of the really recognizable aspects of Halloween actually do have a lot of spiritual significance as well. Um, carving jack-o'-lanterns, for example. Uh, it might seem, you know, kind of a silly thing for a bunch of adults to do, but, you know, none of us have, most of us don't have kids. There are a couple of kids in the friend group now, um, but as we get older. Um, but mostly, you know, 
we get together as adults, we drink wine, we carve pumpkins. Um, and honestly, it's one of my favorite nights of the year. Like it's always so much fun. Um, I always make roasted pumpkin seeds. And the reason that jack-o'-lanterns are actually spiritual and actually a Samhain practice and not just a secular Halloween one um, is because they are intended to be protective. So as I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, there is, of course, the potential for mischievous or even malevolent spirits to come into our world, just as there are well-intentioned ones. Um, and I don't say that to be scary. Um, I personally think that we have much more power in our tangible world than spirits do. Um, so, you know, number one, you don't have to choose to believe in spirits. That is a belief that is up to you. Um, there are no rules in witchcraft of what you have to or cannot believe in. Um, and number two, I think that, you know, we can simply say this space is safe and sacred and protected from anyone who wishes me harm. Um, and that in and of itself can be a protection ritual. Um, but if you want to give it a little extra boost and a little extra magic, um, you know, you can put salt around the windows and doors. Um, you can, you know, burn sage or other cleansing and protective herbs, or you can carve jack-o'-lanterns. Um, and this is something that dates far, far back into Celtic tradition. Um, and of course, pump Pumpkins are actually native to North America. And so the ancient Celts did not carve pumpkins. They didn't have pumpkins. They instead would carve uh, turnips, parsnips, you know, root vegetables that were available locally and at the time of year uh, with little faces. When settlers migrated to North America, when colonizers came to North America, uh, they brought this tradition with them. Although by that point, for most people, you know, it was just a, a fun um, activity versus a spiritual pagan ritual. Um, and they discovered that pumpkins were excellent for carving. Um, and so then we we have the tradition of jack-o'-lanterns that's kind of evolved over the centuries. Um, but the idea being that this is a little totem that protects your home from anyone who wishes you harm, physical or intangible. Um, so highly recommend carving pumpkins. It's both fun and magical. Um, another fall plant that you can work with, a plant ally that is really powerful at Samhain, um, is pomegranates. So I've talked in our Ultimate Guide to Beltane episode about Persephone and her relationship to Beltane and Samhain. Um, so I recommend going and checking out that episode for more details on this. But essentially the myth of Persephone is that she spends six months out of the year in the spring and summer on the earth with her mother, who is Demeter, the goddess of agriculture. Um, and then in the fall and winter, she descends into the underworld to be with her husband, Hades, um, and her mother grieves the loss of her daughter. And so while Demeter grieves, the earth withers and dies. And so the myth is designed to explain the seasons. And one of the reasons why uh, Persephone spends six months out of the year in the underworld is because when she was first in the underworld, she ate six pomegranate seeds. Um, and once someone eats something in the underworld, uh, they are not supposed to be able to leave. Um, but the gods came to an agreement that Persephone could spend six months out of the year in the underworld and the rest of the year she could return to her mother. 
Um, and so Persephone bridges this Taurus, Scorpio, Beltane, Samhain gap of life versus death and, you know, fertility versus harvest. Um, and she also represents this, this sense of grief and loss over lost loved ones as well, which is also an important element of Samhain. Uh, and so pomegranates are very sacred to Persephone um, and very sacred to the Samhain season as well. Um, so I like to, you know, just take fresh pomegranates, even just like a handful of fresh pomegranate seeds is a great way to celebrate the season um, or specifically eating six um, in a ritualistic way. Uh, you can also use pomegranates for skincare. It's really great for the skin. Um, you can use pomegranates in really delicious, yummy, easy foods. One of my favorites is just to melt chocolate um, and put melted chocolate into a mini muffin tin with pomegranate seeds and freeze it. So freaking delicious. Um, so pumpkins, pomegranates, both really great ways to work with the energy of Samhain and late fall. Um, as I said, ancestors and deceased loved ones are a really important part of this season as well. So creating an ancestor altar is a really traditional way to celebrate Samhain. Um, you can include photos of lost loved ones or ancestors on your, your ancestor altar. Um, you just want to make sure not to put pictures of living loved ones or of yourself, um, just only people who are deceased. Um, you can also put things that represent them, like jewelry or, you know, a favorite candy bar brand, things like that. Um, if you are not close with your family, and, you know, I know in particular a lot of people on an alternative spiritual path may have those particular difficulties with family, and we all have the potential for it. Um, you know, familial relationships can be challenging. So if you are not close with your family and honoring your immediate or direct ancestors doesn't feel aligned for you, first remember you never have to do anything in your practice. If you want to celebrate Samhain in a different way, not by honoring your ancestors, um, that's totally fine, right? That is your call always. You can also honor uh, your ancestral cultures. So we all have pagan ancestors no more than 80 generations ago. Uh, so you can honor your pagan ancestors far, far back. Um, you can honor also so social or cultural ancestors. Um, and I have done episodes and, and have written articles and things on this subject uh, much more in depth if you want to check out some more resources on working with ancestors in various ways. Now, Samhain is also a great time to practice spell work and intuitive practices. So basically the idea is that while the veil is thin, our magic is given a boost from the spirit realm. Um, so any magic, any spell work, any rituals that you do this time of year are thought to be particularly potent. Um, and I would definitely agree with that. You know, anything that you put out there right now has the backing of of the spirits, the backing of your ancestors, the the healed and well-intentioned ancestors who really do want the best for you. Um, this is also, I find, as spell work isn't a huge part of my practice, I find that connecting with your intuition this time of year is one of the most potent things you can do to celebrate Samhain. Um, so I always like to do like a pretty in-depth oracle card reading, um, or you could use any divination tool 
such as tarot cards or a pendulum or runes. Um, you could practice scrying, any intuitive technique that you feel called to. Um, it might be a good time to try something new, but I feel like it's, it's better to kind of use something that feels like you can really go deep with it, right? Either a tool you've used for a long time, or if you're newer to intuitive practices, a tool that you feel most comfortable with. Um, and that's because you have the opportunity to maybe go a few layers deeper than you might normally. Um, so, you know, using a tool that you feel really comfortable and connected with is going to be supportive of that. Um, it's a really good idea to record your intuitive readings and messages uh, that come up really at any time, but especially this time of year. Um, so, you know, journaling about what comes up, maybe even journaling like at the new moon, Samhain, and the full moon um, so that you can get a fuller picture of what this intuitive message is really telling you. Uh, and, you know, I also love to reflect back on readings from previous years. So if you have been practicing for a while and this is not the first year you've celebrated Samhain, um, you know, maybe go and see if you can find in your journals or notebooks or grimoires what you did in previous years, what readings you did, what messages came through, uh, reflecting on your practice over time and over the years is a very powerful way to experience your growth, um, to kind of collapse those timelines um, and understand exactly how much you have shifted, evolved, expanded, or how much you have stayed grounded in who you are. So intuitive practices of all kinds, and that includes dream work and spirit work. Um, so you might call in your ancestors or call in your spirit guides. Um, they will be particularly accessible to you this time of year. Um, and you might also, you know, work on your, your dream work and your ability to have visions or receive messages through your dreams. So Basically, this is just the most magical time of year, right? Anything magical and witchy that you want to explore, this is a great time to do it. Um, it's always a great time to do any of those things, but Samhain really invites us to go deep with discovering and claiming our inner witch and really nourishing and trusting our intuition. Um, so I would love to hear how you're going to be celebrating Samhain this year. Uh, come and tell me in my free Facebook group, the Empowered Modern Witches Community. Uh, come and join us, share pictures of your ancestor altar or your Samhain rituals or your Halloween costumes. I'd love to see that too. Um, tell us how you're celebrating, what messages are coming through for you, uh, or Take pictures, tag me in your Instagram stories. You can tag me on Instagram at lupinhollow. Um, wherever you are sharing, I would love to hear about your practice. I love to hear all of the different ways that we uniquely celebrate and honor and connect with our spirituality, especially at the most magical time of the year. Um, and also, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Come and take my free quiz on the website to find out what kind of witch you are. You know, there's no need to label your practice if you're not ready to, uh, but I can definitely say, speaking from experience, that when you do find the right words to describe the soul of who you are as a witch, the soul of who you are as a person, uh, it is absolutely liberating, not limiting. Uh, so, you know, we never want to put ourselves into boxes, uh, but if you can find a little inspiration in really being able to describe who you are as a witch, then 
absolutely, I think that's one of the most magical things we can do. Remember, words are spells. Uh, so come and take the quiz and share with me that too in, in the Facebook group, on Instagram, wherever you are. I'd love to hear what result you get on the quiz and how it resonates with you. So thanks so much for listening and happy Samhain. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow. Thank you.